0: This one has the potential to be a very long podcast. Would you agree, Jason Pridmore?
1: Um, yeah, and it has to—it has potential to be a disaster, too. So let's well, just hope yeah. that we can get this on. And, you know, we, we <laughs> missed last week, obviously. We
0: missed last week. I was sick. Yes. You were in Europe. It was a combination of things. You could probably hear it, people. I've got a little nasal thing going on. I don't have COVID. I've been tested five times since I got back from this. Superbike weekend and hosting the banquet. I actually paranoid have no most. idea, Jason. I have no idea, but I actually got a head cold, and <laughs> it started the same way every single cold I have starts. <laughs> so, but I was I was concerned, obviously, but started with a sore throat for two days, then it moved to a head thing, then it upper respiratory, and uh, the energy level is fine. I just sound like ass. So, well, yeah.
1: I mean, five tests later, it's good that you're not paranoid or nothing. So that's good. I mean <laughs> headquarters well, I happen. didn't know when I, I didn't know when
0: I was I don't know when I was exposed, and they say it normally takes five to seven days for it to show up and last test I took was seven days, and everyone came back negative. so lucky for me, where I live I get I get testing for free. you know it's good it's a, a drive through self test and the results come back within like six to twelve
1: hours. It's pretty cool. yeah. I got mine done before I left Barber because I'm still in Europe for those that don't know. I'm over in Portugal now. I was in Spain for Jerez week this last week in Jerez for world Superbike, And so I was there for that. And then obviously I stayed around because I'm going to be in Portugal all weekend, all week. I'm hanging out with your boy. I'm hanging out with Steve,
0: Steve English.
1: Oh my God. Me and him are Apparently he's alone. not my
0: boy anymore. Apparently
1: he's your no. boy now. Oh yeah. No, it's not good. It's not good for you. Actually it is good for you. Cause he loves you for some <laughs> reason. He doesn't know you really. <laughs> and, uh, right? yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So he's a god. Ga- and so, He's a golf nut. I don't know if you know that. I didn't really know that, but he's a golf nut. So yeah, I know that. Yeah, so I mean, I know he's a golf nut, but I didn't realize to the extent. Like, he's got a game every day just about. Like, right? Which I think is disgusting. I don't know how people play golf every day. You know what I mean?
0: No, I don't. What are you going to say? You don't play golf every day and you're not a gambler? I, mean, I, just that- think,
1: I just think Steve's a little, I don't know, a little irresponsible playing golf every day. I think it's bad, bad form. But hey, whatever. If that's what floats his boat, that's great. I, me, on the other hand, I don't play on the weekends.
0: You're an idiot. Look, you don't play on the weekends because either you're at the racetrack or you're at the racetrack. So don't Could even be. start with me Could be. every now and every now and then you might take your mom to the casino. Yeah. And then we know you're not golfing, you're gambling. But by the way, everybody, this is the grace garage pod with coach. Jason hey Braymore, everybody. Presented by <laughs> bike. 911.com Jason, if you need a lawyer over there, don't ask Alessandro for help. So better keep your nose clean until you get back to California. But if you ever need to talk to an attorney, especially about motorcycle stuff, he rides, he used to race, Alessandro Sante knows his business, bike911.com. I can't even imagine how that sounds coming out of my nose, right? Mike911.com. Yeah. Welcome well,
1: the- no, you sound fine. I mean, and Alex has been in <laughs> contact with me over here, almost like, you know, he's been texting me, which is good. So probably checking to make sure I'm staying out of trouble. So <laughs> yeah,
0: probably. I, I left,
1: I left literally the night, you know, you, you got to do the Moto America. Obviously Greg and I were at Moto America for Barbara. We'll talk about that in a second, but Greg, you hosted the, the banquet. And while you were hosting the banquet, I got to, I jumped online on the airplane before we took off and I got to watch you do a little bit of that. Did it go okay for you?
0: Yeah, it went really well. Did you see Jake Lewis bury me by the way? No.
1: And see, I, there's parts I missed. I couldn't like when you get on the plane, you know, how sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I yeah. missed, I got on kind of early. And then I was told, hey, Greg's on, you know, wherever you are. Um, so I looked it up immediately and I started watching it. But I got in there a little bit late, but that's good that he did that. Thank you, Jake. No, it was,
0: yeah, no, it was pretty funny because I said, I, I, I did his little intro and I talked about him having extra beer weight. And then his team found good settings or something and he found a treadmill, whatever it was. I made that's fun of him good. being heavy. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Oh, and that's I, not going to go good for you. He said something like yeah at the beginning of the year i was 200 pounds you know i was trying to race up to your weight class or something like that oh but
1: very very good
0: he probably got I mean, the biggest laugh of the night
1: but you're kind of teeing yourself up there
0: well no i mean i listen i made fun of jake lewis because i know he's got a quick wit i knew he would come back with something you know what yeah. i mean yeah yeah well, i'm not expecting to heckle somebody and not get heckled back i'm not that much of a chucherooski yeah you know? like a,
1: for well that's to be debated as well but it all went well it looked like you had a good time. It looked like everybody had a good time. I've heard a few stories about some drinking afterwards. Obviously not from you because you don't drink. But uh, but I heard yeah. people were having a good time and letting loose a little bit, and that's a good thing. I ended up leaving New. I, I had to fly from Barber to Houston to Newark. When I got to Newark, I was late, of course. So then I flew into Lisbon, Portugal, and missed my connector. So I had six hours so I jumped on a train because all my bags were already going to uh, to Faro. I, I I flew down to Faro, Portugal, and all my bags were there. So all I had was a backpack. And I jumped on a train. I ripped down to Lisbon because I've never been to Lisbon. And I walked around there for a couple hours, um, sat outside, had a little meal and a coffee sitting down in in uh, the streets there, and then uh, jumped on a train, went back to the airport, got down to Faro, and drove to Jerez. And uh, I'm going to make you say it because you're coming on this trip with me next year, correct, or you're going to attempt to.
0: Yeah, yeah, be great if I don't get look, sick everybody again. Had, no.
1: Everybody heard that. Everybody heard. Well, I
0: mean, that. last time we were at Barber, I got sick, right? Like, you know, we had the test what? there. I will. Right, well, right.
1: you, you can skip. You can skip Barber next year, and I'll just do it alone. And then you, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what uh-huh. we'll do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, look
0: in this podcast, we're going we to talk some ride news. Yeah, go through. Yeah, man. Moto
1: America had a wild ride
0: in the rain. Moto GP Misano from you know a week ago. And then World Superbike had two rounds since the last time we spoke. Catalunya and Jerez. We'll probably focus a little bit more on Jerez since it was the last one. No room really yeah. for anything else. But hey, if you want to support the channel, patreon.com slash TV. Now that the season's over, I'm going to try to get some um, extra content up there for you Patreon subscribers. And if you're on the fence about it, when I do post that content, I'll let you know. Uh, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel at tv.com or Greg's Garage TV is the YouTube channel. I'm working on posting some of the videos from Greg's Ride of the Races, but let's get right into the news presented by Arai. Uh, that's how we do it. <laughs> you do it every week. I know because it's such a catchy tune, uh, you know? That's great. Yeah, and uh, hey, if, it, if you ever tried on a helmet in the store and then rode with it a few hours later to find that it was a little too snug, maybe put a little weight on or, you know, That happens during COVID. People put weight on Jay. You know what I mean? If you're in an Arai helmet, don't worry about it. Many Arai models come equipped with a removable foam liner on the cheek pads and the temple area of the liner. And you can adjust it by simply removing it in five millimeter layers if you need to. Another great reason to go check out araiamericas.com for more information. That's araiamericas.com.
1: Your boy, Jeff. Corner. We didn't really corner, me. we were outside, but I was leaving Barbara on Sunday and he says, Jeff from Mariah, Jeff Wheeler, he says, he says, Jason, I said, yeah, he says, uh, you know how sometimes you can get it like a little bit, you know, uh, what's the word, like not politically correct? I said, yeah, he goes, yeah, do that more. <laughs> like, great. That sounds like Wheel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah. great. Uh, yeah. Just get everybody hating me as much as they
0: probably already well, do anyways. put your career on the line just to entertain a few people. Why not? You know what I mean? Yeah, but Jeff's an important one. He is. He is. He's but look, a
1: good, he's a good one to do that with. Yeah.
0: I mean, we're going to start yeah. off with some Moto America news. By the way, yeah. Super Sport National Champ Sean Dylan Kelly is on his way to Moto GP for 2022 and 2023. He'll be teammates with Cameron Bobia on the American Racing Team in Moto Two. That's how long it's been since we've talked on this podcast.
1: Yeah, that's been a couple of weeks. Sean Dylan Dillon- Kelly it's... in the news. I know. Yeah, but it's so cool. I and 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 you know, I I think it's a great move. Um, he definitely made a huge jump this year. We've talked about that over and over. I mean, he proved it again even in uh, barber he wasn't settling he's in a different mindset he's in a different place mentally um great team around him obviously a great team i mean the worst thing for m4 right now is who do we replace him with but they always seem to find somebody they really don't need to because little lock off is ripping right now and he's just going to get better so i mean there's a lot of little things um that that are when you look at stuff um sdk is ready for the move i mean if he can't get a superbike and that's not really where he wants to be he wants to be overseas That's why Moto America was branded uh, the the way they branded it. Start with anyways, wasn't it Greg? Like get all these kids and give them a platform to prove their talent and get overseas. And we're seeing that now, like this will be the third year or fourth year in a row where we're seeing somebody go from Moto America over to the world championships. And um, it'll be good for him. Him, you know, Cam will be in his second year and yeah, we'll see how it goes.
0: Mm -hmm. 2022 schedule for Moto America is out. We'll be going to circuit of the Americas with MotoGP in April. That date has yet to be determined. Then we go to Road Atlanta, end of April, VIR in May. Beginning of June, we go to Road America, end of June, The Ridge. Then we go to WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, beginning of July, end of July, Brainerd again, Pittsburgh in August, Jersey, and then a week in between Jersey and Barber this time. They're not back-to-back. We we wrap up the year, September 23rd. Now, for those that normally attend Road America, it is a week earlier. It's June 3rd through the 5th, so make sure you check that out. Um where do you think of the schedule? Ten solid rounds, in my opinion. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's great. And the fact that Motor America gets it out in September, again, I can't stress to people enough that when <laughs> you know when I was in the paddock and I was racing, it was like January. The schedule still wasn't out. And it's like everybody kind of circled the week of where Daytona would be, but then nobody really knew for sure what was after that, when it was. I mean, you know, these teams always try to get themselves ready and Motor America comes out with the schedule in September. They try to get their rules packages and everything done by probably at the end of october i would think or maybe it's out now i don't know because i'm not technical so um i know that there's new rules for the super sport category next year um and and all that so and that's a big talking point over here too as far as like the you know the super sport world championship over here mm-hmm. the rules different riders i know you got some stuff here on a rundown about some riders that have already been signed into the world supersport. sport it's going to give our riders another place to go really when you think about it i'm, I'm like well If World Supersport can kind of get back to where it used to be with different brands of bikes and things, it might give our series – people might look at our series a little bit more and bring kids over there possibly.
0: I mean, World Supersport has definitely over the years been anemic with American riders. I mean, there was only a couple I can think of. There's you – when you did it, you were – I only did one, though. I'm not even – Did one round. Did you have a teammate in there too or no?
1: Yeah, Nikki. I can't
0: remember. Nikki
1: Nikki was was in – yeah, Nikki, if he? you remember, he crashed or he blew up he, he he blew up his his world super sport bike. So then he he wheeled out his AMA spec super sport bike. Don't you remember and he he crashed uh coming down Rainy Corner? And oh, like, that was during World Super Sport. Remember yeah, that? Remember yeah, and that he crash. hopped up on the bales and tripped yeah. and uh, yeah. or, or getting yeah. off them or something. <laughs> but funny. yeah, he ended up grounding the case, crashing in nine uh there at rainy corner and and fell over. But I did one race so what? Before. Yeah. So
0: one race, you, Nick, um, Melissa did one, right? I think Melissa Paris did one.
1: Oh, no, um, she did, yeah. We know Josh went over for about four. Josh, you, yep, he certainly then, did. Of course, PJ. PJ, PJ won races, and he finished second in the championship, I think, at one point. I third, believe so. Second or third, but, so yeah.
0: And if I forgot somebody, I totally, I'm sorry about it. But for terms of regulars, the only regular we've ever had from the U.S., I believe, is just
1: PJ. Just PJ, yeah, yeah exactly. So this might give us another, I mean... Not that this would be the step that maybe he would want to go, but let's just say, for argument's sake, what if SDK could have gone straight over to World Supersport after winning our championship? It's just going to give people another opportunity, possibly. So
0: Agreed. Well, speaking of all that, you kind yeah. of mentioned it. Um, Moto America is going to be running the Daytona 200 next year. It's March 10th through the 12th and of 2022. And basically what happens is Moto America is running the 80th running of the Daytona 200. So like you're mentioning, Moto America is going to align itself mostly with the 2022 World Supersport proposed technical rules, um, which will take into consideration several performance-related items that establish benchmarks for balancing and a wide variety of like middleweight performance machines. So these new, new rules open the door for motorcycles like the Triumph 765, the Ducati Panigale V2, which is a 955 twin, the MV Augusta F3, which I believe is like an 800 triple, and others that are going to compete alongside with the J, like the YZF the R6, the GSXR 600, the Kawasaki ZX6R to 636. Now the Daytona 200 specifically uh, will continue to run as an open tire event, and multiple tire manufacturers are expected to join in. We know Pirelli's interested, we know Dunlop's interested, that they're going to be there as well. Um, That's going to be, that's going to be really exciting. We'll talk more about that in the coming weeks, but Jay, I can tell you this, that I've already seen dyno charts and, and machines like, like stock bikes and stuff. Uh Other than the other than the Ducati at the very top end, you'd be surprised how similar these bikes are, but there's going to be certain rules for certain bikes. Like for instance, they're talking about allowing the the GSXR 750 in there as well. So the 600 would, you know, you probably need eight to ten thousand dollars worth of mods to the engine to get it competitive. Where the 750, you wouldn't need any mods or maybe very few mods, right? Yeah. And yeah. then the Ducati will be dumbed down, to, for lack of a better term, to mm-hmm. get it all competitive. So it's it's pretty exciting. There's another rule that I don't know if I can talk about or not, but that's also going to make it competitive. So those rules. It's going to open up the field to people in the world that are maybe like you're saying, Jason, maybe there's world endurance people that are interested in coming over because all they got to do is throw a middleweight bike together. But they have all the quick change stuff for the 200. And, you know, maybe there's world super sport teams that are interested in coming over. It'd be a good test before the start of the season. Depends on when they're scheduled. Sometimes they start in February, though, right? World super sport in in Phillip Island or something. But yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah, I think. I think when I look at it right now and I don't know enough about it, let's just say, um, I think that boy, for the powers that be to get these rules exactly right and how they want it, it's going to be a big ask, a big task. There's going to be a lot of, I think there's going to be at the beginning of it. Hopefully there won't be, but there'll be a lot of which bike is going to be better. They got an advantage. These guys don't have an advantage. I think that, you know, we're kind of in that realm now. I've had a couple of discussions with people over here where now we're trying to make racing more fair. So world Superbike is, Every weekend now it's like Kawasaki lost its RPMs and, you know, but this bike's got more mechanical grip and this, like when did we start talking about mechanical grip being the big advantage? And that's what guys look at and go, well, that bike's got more, that bike's got more grip than that bike. Okay. Well, that's chassis wise. I mean, when does it that you kind of go, okay, the balances are, I'd I'd love to just have it get back to you build the best bike you can possibly build within these rules and let's just go from there. Um, It's not really handicap racing. That's not what we're doing. We're not like handicapping everybody and, and I think with the supersport category, though, Greg, they had to do something. They supersport bikes, 600 bikes in general, have not been kind of selling. They're not been the way. They, there's not a lot of manufacturers that aren't the manufacturers aren't making them. That's, let's just say anymore, or they're not making any advancements in them. So they had to do something to inject a little bit of life in the series and the class, and that's what they chose to do. And I'm all for it. I think it'll be great. And I love when we talk about Daytona specifically. I love that we're going to have a tire war. You know, I think that that's a lot of things that... I don't even know who's, who else is doing that in the world right now. I don't even know. I don't know. I think I think every series in the world is a one-spec tire class everywhere. And now, the tire brands are going to get to have a little competition with each other. And I think that's fantastic. The only tire wars I can think of, World Endurance, right? World Endurance, yeah. That's exactly right. World Endurance and then, obviously, the one-off races. And, you know, I hear people... like when the daytona 200 got announced um my feed blew up like i had so many people tweeting me and more or less messages on instagram and every now and then you see like that one you know everybody's got a hate you'll see a few hates here and there um but like you know motor america shouldn't run the race unless it's part of the series and stuff i'm like well island man isn't part of the series um there's, there's races all around the world that you know, for the longest time, Suzuka 8-hour wasn't part of any series. Now it's part of the World Endurance Championship. So when you look at things, um, I think it's a great step for Daytona, and it's a humongous great step for that Motor America is going to run it. I think it's, again, the advancement of what we've got over here. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with these rules and being at Daytona again.
0: I mean, to give you an example of how the rules have already worked, Ducati hasn't had a World Supersport entry since 2007, and they've already announced that Moto2 racer Nicola Buliga. Is yep. moving to the Aruba.it factory Ducati team on that that V2. So I mean that alone says to me, like, okay, Ducati's interested. I talked to Paolo Giobati about this all the way back when he was here at Brainerd. And he said, if Moto America does this, because Jay, yeah, we you know, you and I knew this was coming in yeah. months, whether it was gonna happen or not, you know, is obviously was kind of up in the air. But we knew it if the Daytona 200 thing was going to happen that more than likely they were going to adopt those world super sport, new technical rules. And all of a sudden you're going to open it up. And you know, that's exactly what we were told. And by, by Paolo was that Ducati's interested. Now, would they bring Buliga over here to run the 200?
1: I don't know. Never maybe I, I'll tell you, there's a lot of guys over here that are super pumped. They they want to ride Daytona. There are guys over here that I saw this weekend at Jerez. They're like, I want to go. I want to go ride the Daytona 200. There are people actively trying to figure out a way to get it to where Daytona 200 could happen because Daytona is iconic. I think the fact that Moto America has taken it over and the fact that there's some horsepower there behind, you know, Wayne and, and, and even obviously Chuck and those guys, they've shown that the series over here has gotten better. Like Moto America is on the map right now. It's on the map, which is good. And I don't, I don't know if we could have said that five or six years ago that it was on the map as much as it is now but it is. And I get, I, Tom I and Greg, I was getting asked questions as you can imagine all weekend long about Moto America.
0: So well, this, this story, great. this story has come up uh, recently, but I, I think I've told you this story before. So back in 2003, when I'm racing BMW boxer cup, I was at Catalunya in Spain. And when we were racing with MotoGP, but we were fenced off. So like nobody who raced in the boxer cup, was it was allowed like a credential like you couldn't get into the pits yeah but of course nikki was there nikki hayden kevin Schwantz was there so they got me a pass and they said come on let's get on some scooters we're going to go around the ring road and we're going to talk about some stuff i said great so i went into the paddock and i'm getting ready to get on the scooters with those guys and a bunch of young at the time 125 gp riders which would now be moto three there were like eight of them and they are walking by me and they just stop and they're like Oh my! And it was all like Spanish and French kids. And they were all like, oh my God, you're Greg White. And I'm like, what is going on here? Right. Because I only commentate in the U S right. Like, you know, yeah. I know my, the stuff's not really, it was getting fed to Europe, but I was like, no way. And they were like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's you. It's you. Come on, come on, come on. So they usher me into one of the guys motorhomes and on the motorhome TV is the Daytona 200. Oh, wow. now the commentary was in French. I believe is, is w- it was this broadcast we're watching, but Jay. When the feed goes out to the world on one channel, channel one is the commentating booth would be us. What we do now. Yeah. But channel two was natural sounds, which are vroom, vroom noises, right. Of motorcycles. And they mix in the pit reporter. So imagine you have French commentary or Spanish commentary, and then they basically toss it to me, not knowing me because this is done after the fact. And I'm giving my pit report. So, I'm the only American that was getting exposure, and they were the—I was the only American that they knew. And huh. every one of these kids was just Daytona 200, Daytona 200. I want to race it. I want to race it. That race looks amazing. And I'm thinking to myself, really.
1: <laughs> yeah like, well and that's you- the thing is it's like i remember daytona running on the thousands and I, I was not a fan so i think going back the racing is going to be extremely close it's going to be extremely tight with the new rules it'll be even more interesting i think you're going to have a very fast field i think instead of having sort of 10 or 12 guys that are pretty fast now you're going to have 25 potential guys that are going to be really fast now um so there's a lot of little things there that you can look at with it when it comes to the daytona 200 for 2022 there's a lot of hype about it Obviously, and we're going to get more into it in the podcast. But with Loris Baz racing over here in Jerez this last weekend, mm-hmm. um, and 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 him being here, um, and there's just a lot of people asking a lot of questions. And I know I'm going to get probably have a lot more of those when we get to uh, when I get to Portimao. So. Um, yeah. Is Motor okay.
0: America paying for your ticket? Is this
1: a, is this a PR no. campaign? No. That's what it should
0: be. It's
1: It's good though. It's good that I'm over here. I'm happy to do that, that side of things. And, um, no, you know, it's, great. It, it's, it is great. And, you know, it, Baz being Look, over well, here, obviously we know that, that, uh, Chaz Davis got hurt, right? So Chaz Davis has been injured at Catalunya. So after Barber, actually Sunday, believe it or not, I asked I asked Baz a very specific question in Barber that I won't get into with you, but I asked him a very specific question. And then I landed over here on Tuesday. And how's this, Greg? I am getting on the plane from Lisbon to Faro, okay, which is about a 40-minute flight. And I see some guys getting on the plane, and they're, they, a couple of them had Yamaha like sweatshirts on and this and that. And they're coming back, and they're being loud, kind of obnoxious in the... The whole plane isn't really full. As it goes, they sit right behind me, and this guy goes, ah, Loris Baz is coming from America to ride his Chaz Davis bike, and this and that. So I turned around and said, did you say Loris Baz is coming over here to ride? He <laughs> goes, yes, he's riding the Go 11 bike. I'm like, okay. And that was the end of it, and I was like, wow. You know, like I'm on a plane, and these guys are talking about it. And so I was excited when I knew Loris was coming over, and I probably talked to him more this weekend than I got to during the weeks at, at, at the races. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But obviously what's going on now is, is – Baz gets the call up. He rides for go 11 and then Chaz just up and retires, um, you know, on Thursday he, he retires. Um, kind of. Kind of. Yes. I mean, sounds like he still I'm just wants to dip his stock. I think, yeah. I think if like, I think what Chaz will do is he'll pick and choose rides that he wants. And he wants to be a test rider, but he didn't like close the door on racing completely. I just think he's, I think he's figured it, that it might be a little bit harder on a non-factory bike to win. And uh, you know, he's been in this paddock for a long time. And I think that if Look, something Chad, fresh or new comes along, he can, he's still young.
0: Uh, dude, he's still young. He won the Daytona 200. Remember?
1: Oh yeah. I do remember. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, and he what, won it on a, a who knows? You know, who knows? Yeah. If yeah but that's that what race.
0: I'm saying. Like, you know, didn't, I can't remember. Was it Chaz who won the race? Was it Chaz when Josh Hayes got disqualified? So Hayes actually crossed the line first. Yeah, I don't remember. It was either Honestly. him or, or Ben Attard. I'm pretty sure it was Chaz. And if that's the case, maybe he's no, got Chaz, something.
1: I think Chaz won it. Yeah. I don't think Ben Attard won it. Like, fuck. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, you don't, know. You so don't know.
0: You're you're an idiot. But hey, how about speaking of America, Joe Roberts continues with the Italtrans Trans team for 2022. What do you yeah. think about that?
1: Great. And I think it was a, I was a little bit surprised because I I'd, I'd kind of heard that he might sign with somebody else. But obviously, that team's good. They won a world championship last year. And I think that that's uh, great for Joe. Like I'm happy for him. I don't think it's the year that he wants. We'll try to get him on the podcast during the off season, um, mm-hmm. you know, and see what exactly he has to say about all that stuff. Um, also, Richie Escalante had successful surgery also, Greg, in Mexico. I don't know if you saw that on his broken yeah. left collarbone. That, and so obviously that's good news. We saw him tip over. I believe it was Sunday morning warmup. We watched him kind of flick it. And, hey, you know, he went to race control or not race control, but he went to medical and did like 20 pushups. And they deemed yeah. him fit, fit to ride, and then the team were like, uh, "Yeah, you're not doing that." And then, so he's, <laughs> yeah, so he's had successful surgery. Again, it will be interesting to see where he lands next year. Getting into the weekend, Greg. As far as the weekend goes, I think that the the big thing that we can talk about, and I, what I what I'd like to do, especially since I'm in Portugal and you have not been well, I would like to kind of breeze through Motor America and and really get in a more in depth talk about kind of our end of the year, maybe when I get back next week, because mm-hmm. when we look at, when we look at Motor America the, at, at Barber, the big the big story was weather. I mean, it was just monsoon type stuff that was coming down at times. Uh, we had a pretty good Friday, didn't we? Um, pretty dry. All the sessions were dry. And then Saturday, the rain came and it never really left. Saturday, Sunday, um, we had some crazy races. We had three different winners in Superbike. Three different winners in three races. That was um, awesome though. Yeah. And I think that when you look at it, Camp Peterson the, the first race we have the top three guys all crash all finish on the podium which <laughs> it like didn't it was like didn't really make sense but it was great um obviously loris came up to got himself up to third then tipped off and then he got all the way back to third cam peterson and matthew Schultz dicing at the front cam crashes now it looks like matthew Schultz is going to go on a win he hits i mean the slip and slide thing that you did on instagram the other day was perfect and our boy david <laughs> cole came up with that thing and uh Matthew ended up falling over with two to go, three to go. Cam Peterson had picked his bike up, and he ends up finishing the race and winning it. Matthew Skultz second. Third was Laura Spaz. Uh, the second day, um, when we look at the second day, Greg, we had another day where it was just pouring rain. And i got to be honest with you. As a commentator, it's, I'm always trying to stay pretty impartial. Um, but I was really pulling for Matthew because I thought Matthew Schultz was kind of the rider of the weekend for me. Um, he was always fast. He always looked good. Um, Matthew Schultz goes on and wins over by seven seconds over Baz. Gagne ended up third in this one. Camp Peterson was fourth. Uh, and then the the very last race that we had, it was kind of like Gagne said, okay, I gave everybody their time in the sun. Um, yeah, <laughs> enjoy, it. enjoy it while I there. In the I was sun, there. I gave everybody yeah. their time in the rain. Yeah. yeah, in the pouring rain. And he goes on and wins the third race dominantly by 12.6 seconds over Matthew Schultz, Laura Baz. He ends up third in this one. Um, I think when you you take away the, a few things to take away, our super stock, our stock thousand riders rode really well, um, but it was just crazy. It was a crazy super bike weekend.
0: It was crazy. It was cool. It, it, the The thing that was interesting though was the weather didn't allow anybody to throw hail marys. That you know, the sometimes in years past we've seen people who we haven't seen all year miraculously yeah. run up front when it's contract time. You know. Right. And nobody yeah. really had a chance to do that because it was, you know, the, the conditions were interesting. I mean, everybody I talked to with the exception of one person said that there was plenty of grip on that Everybody race. said there's there was a lot of grip, been.
1: and that's why those guys push. I personally, in the first race, think that it should have been called three or four laps from the end myself. I that's, agree. I agree. Um, it was coming down way hard. I and mean, when you got guys crashing in a straight line, um, that's a problem. I mean, the, cra- the kind of crash that we saw Matthew have is not a normal crash. That's not normal. Like that is to have a guy basically slide two football fields. Um, and when you have as many guys crash as had crashed, it was already pretty treacherous. I just didn't feel like we needed to run those last three or four laps, to be fair. Um, they did. And I couldn't have been happier for, for Cam. And that was what was really cool because you and I were upstairs afterwards and uh, we saw Matthew. And he's like, look, as disappointed as I am and maybe pissed off as I am, he was just as happy for Cam as he Cam win. I don't think that there was anybody in the paddock that didn't like seeing camp Peterson win a race. Yeah. That's agreed. pretty cool. I mean, I loved it. And, um, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I, I'm glad that we had three different winners. Um, I'm glad we've got some talk going into next season. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think, I think as far as, as far as the superbike races go, I just thought they were entertaining and they were, they were pretty solid. Um, super sport, any uh, more Greg than we, you know, we knew coming into this one, that SDK had already wrapped up the championship, and Escalante would sit there and be hungry. But SDK ran him so hard in the first race in those conditions. What do you win by like 40 thousandths of a second or something like that? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, he ends up in, in Mesa. The guy I felt bad for a little bit in this race, obviously, was Thermiotis. He was running third. Um, I think Rocco had crashed early and got hurt, and they couldn't get to him. That's kind of what it was, wasn't it? And they finally red-flagged it.
0: Uh, you know, I never really found out what the red flag was for. Yeah.
1: That's what I heard. I heard because he popped his shoulder out and he was in some pretty serious pain. He was down there outside of turn three, I believe between three and mm. four. They couldn't kind of get to him. And he was, uh, anyways, that's just kind of what I heard. He was in some discomfort. We know, uh, we know Rocco didn't ride the second day. Um, but Thermiotis had a pretty solid third, in that first one. And then Mesa ends up getting third in that second race, uh, or in, in the, in the restarted race. Um, and then, of course, we have a brand new winner um, on Sunday, Maybe didn't you. we? I mean, it was yeah. absolutely raining sideways, and De Silva, Gabriel De Silva, wins it. I didn't realize he was only seventeen.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's why he and and SDK, who's only nineteen, yeah. kind of grew up racing together, you know. And think about that age difference, you know. If you're twelve and and De Silva's ten, De Silva's probably looking up at SDK, right? Like Correct. all, all it, but they're from the same. The same area, I guess you know Florida and and the whole deal. So I mean, I hope this isn't the only time we see the Silva on the podium. I know that he's not been able to come racing the entire year, you know, and 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 hasn't been able to afford it. But but he's good. I've was, seen
1: him. He was in Atlanta. We're rain. Atlanta, he was ripping. If you remember Atlanta, he was ripping. I think even VIR. But he's a really good rider, and at 17 years old, there's a future there. Obviously, he's young. There's some other guys that we didn't really get to talk about too much. But Sam Lockoff did a great job. But in that second race, SDK tried his best to beat uh, De Silva. He ends up flinging it, still picking his bike up, finishing second. I mean, it would have been so easy for SDK to just go, "Hey, uh, you know, I want to win, but I can take second and go home and be whatever." But he, he fought all the way to the end. Thermiotis ends up fourth, and how about Bruno Silva? We haven't seen Bruno Silva or any of the Silva brothers in a while. He ends up finishing fifth that second day in the rain. So it was it was interesting. It was Super Sport all weekend long? And um, you know, again, we had some other guys running up front that we didn't that we didn't really know. I got a message, Greg, from one of Nick Pentonude's buddies, and they were pumped that we were talking about him. Did we even say his name right, though? I that think was we the did. Thing. I think it was pretty close. I'm trying to find my messages, but as you know, I'm not prepared all the time. But it was a great message. They were stoked that was, their boy was up there, and um, yeah, it was entertaining. It was fun. The guy did well, great. Nick, I was I was pumped off at the end. Yeah,
0: he 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 really did great. Yeah, Nick was, Nick
1: Nick just needs a little help in the dry. It looks like.
0: Hey, you know what? That's all part of the maturation of a motorcycle racer.
1: Right right now he's on the right now Nick. If he ever listens to this or any of his friends do, he's on the Greg White. He's on the Greg White thing. Greg White was kind of the back of the pack racer. That was the that was the nickname. But when it rained, Greg was like Greg's like I'm going to the front. Problem is Greg (laughs) didn't really qualify for races. So Nick was qualifying. Didn't qualify. What do you mean? Like period? I didn't qualify for Uh, races. There was was a couple you didn't qualify for. I'm just saying. Oh
0: f you. As the equipment
1: got better, you got worse.
0: That's not true. Kind of is. No. Two thousand three, when I was on the factory Yamaha for a weekend at Barber, the very first time we were ever there, it rained in the morning warm up, and I was P ten. You were on maybe an
1: illegal supersport bike in ninety eight, and you didn't qualify at your home race.
0: No, that was ninety nine when I was on the stock 99. bike, jackass. It, but I don't know if ninety nine was, really. was when I rode for Star Motorcycle School. Yeah, and you got fired. <laughs> anyway, moving on to Junior Cup. Tyler Scott yes. ended up winning. Yeah, Tyler Scott ended up doing the double over the weekend. But race one was really entertaining. I mean, Tyler Scott, Kayla Yaakov finishes six tenths of a second behind Scott Ben Gladi. Let me tell you, man, Yaakov, she's she's aggressive on the brakes. And that oh, is something that we really haven't seen, you know, from, from a, a a woman rider. I mean, I know she's a young woman. I mean, she's 14 years old but we haven't seen that since Elena Myers, you know, that I can really Correct. remember, you know, I um, you. yeah. I mean, you know, when Jamie Ostadio was riding, she, she showed a lot of promise as well, but I think Jamie's, she just, she was really good corner speed and getting good on the gas. I think occasionally she'd be a little pensive on those brakes, just, you know, putting moves on people, but right. Jacob doesn't care. She doesn't care. She gets right in and there in looked, the mix. Yeah, but
1: she never even had a wheel go out of place.
0: I know dude. And in the rain too, like, you're like, oh boy. I mean, she really does have a bright future, man. If this is great. where she wants to go, she, she's going to be. Yeah. And so she goes second to Gladi's third, and Scott wins the championship. He wraps that thing up. Um, and uh, then Ben Gladi goes second by half a second, one more time, just the punishment that Ty Scott and then David Colstead and then Yaakov in fourth. A oh, good racing all around, short races you know, unfortunately, you know, down to seven laps, but on junior cup bikes, I thought that was pretty good. The thing that impressed me, I think the most was race two. Um, we only saw two DNFs, you know, of, of the 20 riders in, in the, in the inclement conditions. And I think that that shows a lot of poise for a lot of the riders. Don't you?
1: Yeah, no, it was amazing. Like I, I was really worried about him. Um, you know, we were pretty lucky because after that super bike race, it was coming down sideways i was a little worried about them sending the junior cup kids out obviously and they were lucky because they kind of got a little bit of uh the rain kind of stopped a little bit and so they and all all the junior cup participants did amazing yeah really good
0: Mm. so and moving on to stock thousand we had a lot of people that just either didn't start or didn't finish that race um but jake lewis ends up winning by three seconds over michael gilbert Good to see Gilbert back on the pace, Travis Wyman, Ashton Yates, who he got, what, three-fourths or three or four-fourths this weekend because yeah. he finished fourth in a couple of bike so races. He was so good. Yeah. He did. He rode really well. Corey Alexander in fifth. Danny Eslick was back in the mix. Yep. Um, now, this is something I didn't follow up on, and I didn't even pay attention. So apparently in the Stock 1000 class, Stefano Mesa rode the Aprilia. The Aprilia. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't I I didn't really pay attention. I knew it was supposed to happen and I didn't know it actually happened. Do you know more yeah. about that situation?
1: Well, the Robum guys had said to me earlier in the season that they definitely were thinking about putting somebody on that bike. And when they showed up there, I I thought that's a perfect guy for it because obviously Mesa um he had, he wasn't in contention for the championship at all or really interested in the points it didn't seem like because he ended up um not riding the Cowie at some rounds, you know, I mean, remember he was just riding 600. So mm-hmm. I thought, and I thought he did a good job. I mean, I thought Mesa did a good job when I saw him out there on the bike. I never really got to ask him what he thought of it. I never really got to, you know, the problem, no, and then, so, to, yeah. And they got dehued, and I'm not sure what they got dehued for. No. So,
0: all right, let me explain that to you. Yeah. So what happens is that Aprilia, that was an experiment. So yeah. the Aprilia slash Robum engineering came to Mot America and said, look, we have this RSV Aprilia, but it's an 1100 cc bike. Okay, Got it. yeah. The Ducati Penegali is 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 like a 1200 or something. Except the R model that we race in Superbike is World Super Sport spec, so it's a 999 or whatever. It's a, it's within the specs of a v, of a V4. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's it's a thousand cc bike. So basically, what Moto America said was, we're going to allow you to try this bike to test it. We want to see it as well. Moto America does can we homologate this bike for stock thousand? Is it because it's got a hundred extra, uh, CC is going to be too fast, right? Like, is it going to be too fast? Whatever. And so they said, basically like, we're going to allow you to race this bike, but you're going to be disqualified because it is not a homologated bike for Mot America. However, you'll get the full race distance and all that kind of stuff. You're just, you're just going to be DQ'd. you know? Got so it. So that's exactly what ended up happening. And, that's why you see the DQ in it, because they knew they were going to be DQ'd. But Aprilia had interest in it. Robum Engineering had interest in it. Moto America had interest in, in having someone ride that bike in a Stock 1000 race. And so that's what they did. And so uh, I have to applaud Moto America for allowing that to happen because I didn't hear anybody aching about it, you know, like saying, oh, you took a spot for me, whatever. Everybody finished in their respective positions and Mesa just gets DQ'd. But the good news is we know... That if I'm looking at it, he did 19 minutes, 30 seconds. And so he finished, he would have finished right behind Danny Eslick in seventh. Yeah. He was and there the whole time. Mm-hmm. I saw yeah, him. Then. So is-
1: yeah. And, and, and again, that's great that you got that insight. Cause I didn't get that insight and I didn't get to talk to the guys at Robum, even though I've got to know those guys pretty well this year. Um, I didn't get a chance to speak to them, but, uh, that's great that you got that. Cause I was, I was wondering where he was in the results and why he wasn't there. And I saw the DQ, but that makes a lot of sense now.
0: Yeah,
1: it'd be a great and, uh, way to get one more. It'd be a good a way to get another bike in that championship, right?
0: Exactly. And that's what yeah. they're looking at. How do yeah, we get is, good. you know, uh, when we have manufacturers to be totally frank, when you have manufacturers like Honda, you know, uh, Kawasaki, you know, some of these other manufacturers just aren't interested in supporting Moto America other than contingent, you know, contingency <clears throat> Moto America is going, well, okay, why, why are we trying to why would we constrict our series? Why not open it up to other manufacturers? And yeah, they may all not
1: fit the perfect mold, but how can we get it to work? And, Correct. I,
0: and I like that part of it. So. No, I'm
1: with you, man. I'm, I am I think it's great. So hopefully that will be something that continues and we'll maybe get to see an Aprilia lineup in that class. Obviously next year in Twins Cup. Um, sorry, I got to pull it up, G-Dub. I just screwed up a little bit here. That's all right.
0: I was, I was literally getting ready to get into a coughing fit anyway. So I was oh, trying it's perfect. to perfect. It's good. Yeah.
1: So I have it up here. Uh, I got it up too. C- Caleb DeCrail. I love this kid. I have an idea what he's thinking about doing next year. I'm not going to get into any of that. There was a five lap restart. Caleb ends up winning 1.6 seconds over Jody Berry. Um, Hayden Schultz ends up, uh, third, um, a little bit further back, but you know, Caleb came out, he ends up winning the race. Didn't have to win it. Didn't have to do anything. It already won the championship. Um, I love how, I just like his work ethic. I have told you that all year too. Hasn't just been at this one race. I've said all year long that I like the way he goes about doing his business and kind of what he does. And he went on and just wins this race, which I thought was, uh, which I thought was great and a uh, fitting way to maybe end his twins cup like career.
0: Yeah. Agreed. He, he does it in class of style. He was really good on the, um, on the stage. Yeah. For the banquet as well. Oh, it was. And, yeah. You know me super Yeah. He was great. I don't get to see the twins cup riders all that often, Correct. you know, because of what I, what I've focused on during the course of the year. So that's an opportunity for me to, to, you know, see how they go. Congratulate them and everything else. It was, it was great. Jackson Blackman came up. Uh, he, he gave an awesome speech. He, you know, cause he finished third in the championship this year after yep. missing the first two rounds, but competitive class J. I mean, they had 14 races. They had seven different riders win races and you cannot say enough about how competitive twins cup is and it'll be back for next year so yeah no, it's, and i it's, and I, I don't know what caleb's doing but I, I i can't wait you know yeah
1: no it's good and i think we'll get into, maybe we'll get a few of these guys it'd be fun to have all the champions on the podcast and i'm sure all of them uh, would probably do that for us so we'll see you know yep. especially as the year goes here we'll see if we can get that on so there was a race in italy greg and mizano moto gp obviously um, this is your segment but i just jumped in and just totally snaked it from you i'm sure you have Results and points and all that good stuff up, but um it appears Pecco Bagnaya might start to get himself on a roll. It appears that
0: way. Yeah. And he, he ends up winning that one by three tenths over Quaderaro. Quadraro reeled him in at the end of the race. And I mean, it's it's awesome enough to see Bagnaya win and Quadraro on a track that's not supposed to be a Yamaha track. But you pile on top of that, and A. Bastianini, who ends up beating Mark Marquez yeah. for third place, Bastianini on a 2019 Avintia Ducati, ends up on the box. That was spectacular. I mean, he beats the likes of Mir, um, Miller, the Aspargaro brothers. I mean, it was it, it was it was a good race. I mean, it, it was a good race from the perspective of. Once the race settled down, Cuadraro got in the position that he finally got in the second place and he starts chipping away at Bagnaya. And then the drama of Bastianini: is he going to finish on the box? Is he not? I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the race. I liked the MotoGP. It was good. Um, but you know,
1: I think they're in Coda. They're in Coda. What week, do we, got? So. we got 48 points now, right? I, uh, I don't totally. know exactly what it is, but I think it's 48 points. Less than two race wins. And I think, I think Coda is going to be different. I don't, I don't necessarily think math. Marquez is going to have his way at that track. Like he always has.
0: Well, he's soft playing it in the press for sure. He, he's like, ah, yeah, he's come out and he said like, Hey, listen, you know, I know I've been magic basically at, you know, Coda, but times are different. I'm like, Hmm, interesting. Well, other places he was
1: it. magic, like Saxon ring, you still magic, but I think Coda's a little different. It's a little bit bumpier. There's more, more lefts and rights. And, and, you know, I don't know how healthy he is. I think he's, Obviously, he's still Mark Marquez. You don't want to discount him, but I, I think there'll be a different kind of race than we've seen there in the past. We've seen Yamaha do well before. I think Rossi finished second there one year to Renz. 19, Rins, right? Renz is a disaster, by the way. Renz frustrates me. I just love the guy so much, and I root for him, and he just
0: oh, frustrates me. So We're talking about MotoGP fantasy pokes. That's what we're talking about. I'm talking MotoGP. about Renz himself.
1: Frustrating. Yeah,
0: but you, know, you just can't get rid of him on your fantasy team. I can't. Just- Why
1: is that? I don't know.
0: You're a big fan. Yeah. Big fan.
1: I didn't even Greg, and I hate this, but I didn't get to watch any Moto Two or Moto Three. So Oh yeah, my I, God. I just again I just didn't have to, I just never had a chance. All right.
0: Let, let let me let me let me bring you up to speed on on well, well, let's see. Moto two. Let me go back and look at the results because I know I watched it. Oh yeah. Fernandez and Gardner. Those those two guys uh they had their way at the front in, in moto two with, with in moto two. Yeah, with Aaron Kennett. Um, that was a heck of a race, actually. Um, but Fernandez, Fernandez looks like Fernandez is over the little crashing stuff that he does. But, you know, you look at the world championship uh, right now in terms of Moto2, you know, you still have 20-something points. So it's it's close, but it's not the end of the world. Yep. Moto3, though, really was interesting because Foggia wins again, Jay. But your boy, Fanati, had yep. a three-second lead. Oh, a wow. three-second lead. Wow. and then just tossed it for no good reason. Oh, it was really weird. I mean, and it couldn't have played out better on TV because here you are in the pits and they're showing the pit box and there's Max Biaggi and Jorge Lorenzo's in there and they have their masks on and they're smi- you can tell they're smiling and mm-hmm. joking and then they cut to the track and there you see their rider, Fanati, just rolling through a gravel trap and you're like himself. what? What? Wow. He had a three-second lead when he flinged it.
1: Wow. How much time um, left in the race?
0: Uh, I think he had 10 laps to go in the race. So it's a, what, a 22-lap race, I believe, right? Yep. yep. So, I mean, he he was in command. I mean, it wasn't like it was two laps to go. I understand that. But th- nobody – he, he <clears throat> dude, the lap before, he was 2.4 seconds. You know what I mean? And he was extending it out because back behind him, Faggia, Antonelli, Migno, those guys were kind of racing each other up, slowing each other down. So what ended up happening was Faggia ended up winning the race over Antonelli by half a second and Migno. And then that was kind of it. You had Sergio Garcia uh, back by himself. Then Masia was by himself. It was a very spread out race, kind of unusual, you know, for, for Moto3.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to watch them all this weekend, obviously being over here, you know, I'm going to to stay up a little bit later to watch those races, but, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get to see them all. What we have
0: to talk about is Moto three, Moto E, Moto E.
1: Oh my God. Yes. Did you You see, did you see race two
0: for the world championship?
1: You want to get me started on this? Don't you? You must've seen that and gone like, I got to get Jason's opinion on this.
0: I mean, I've been dying to talk with you about
1: this because if anybody's not watched it, it basically came down to two guys at the end for the Moto E race. And I know probably a lot of people don't watch it. I, I watched it. I watched the first race, I watched the second race. Yes, I did watch them. Okay. Agerta and Jordi Torres battling for the championship going into the last race. Going into the last race though, Torres had like a 15 point lead on on Agerta? 13 eight, point
0: lead? 8 8 point 8 point lead. Is that
1: all it was? Like, was it just 8? Yeah. Okay. So I believe it was, yeah. So Torres leads, Agerta's trying to catch him. Agerta catches him, which is really funny because Anybody that follows racing knows that is leading the World Supersport Championship, and he races Moto E also, and he had one conflict, which was this last weekend. Everybody was in World Supersport, didn't get to have him. So those guys had a big opportunity to catch up in points. And Goethe is off in Mizano racing Moto E. So comes down to like four corners left. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and I'm really interested to see what you have to say about this. But basically, Goethe dive-bombs Torres. He does, dive-bombed him. Would have ran wide, maybe even ran off the track. But he dive bombed him and the bike kind of backed in a little bit and it clips Torres's bar and Torres crashes. Goethe goes on and wins the race. You just knew it wasn't gonna happen that way, didn't you? You just you well, just yeah. knew they were I mean, you knew of they course. weren't gonna give it to him, right? No, of course but, not. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay. My only argument on this thing, okay, is is that Torres is an eight point lead. It's a five point difference between first and second. And at all costs, you know that somebody's going to try to die bomb you in that right-hander. It happens every year there, four corners from the end at, at Mizano. And Torres doesn't have to win the race. All he's got to do is finish, a, finish behind a Goethe. Now, true, a racer is a racer. A racer wants to win the race. But you've got the world championship sitting in the balance. And basically the way I looked at it, Torres, Torres had plenty of opportunities to – follow Agurta across the line. There was nobody behind those two guys, by the way, there was what, probably four or five seconds at the time. It closed up at the end because those two guys got together and they, you know, that's why it was so close at the finish, but they had like four seconds going into the last lap over the next guys. So race direction ends up giving Agurta like a 32 second penalty, something stupid and 28, 28 whatever it is, or something ridiculous, and give, yeah. which gives Torres and they, I don't even know what they did with Torres. They, just, they where did he end well, up he, finishing? He, he finished.
0: Didn't he? Didn't he pick it? Yeah, he picked it up, and he finished thirteenth, forty-five seconds behind.
1: So he gets points. Yeah, and he wins the championship. Torres wins the championship. Gertz is pissed off. Torres is like crying that he lost the championship. Then he's crying that he won the championship. That was weird. I, it was weird, man. But but here is the thing: I get frustrated because I feel like I feel like racing. It's not a contact sport in general, but it is getting that way because there's so many classes now and Moto E is no different where bikes are kind of all the same. Things are going to get close. Guys want to win. Guys are going to bump. I mean, forever. Like I'd much rather just let those guys go get into like a little fist fight or something after the race. I, to me, to me, I know you're going to disagree with me, but I'm saying no, that no, no the, like, here,
0: this is what I, this is what I think honestly. Okay. Because, you know, normally I kind of keep my tongue. I keep my mouth shut. But I think, I think Igerda makes a big move. I think that Torres leaned on him, crashed himself out, and that's that. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think, You, really, you kind of saw
1: it the same way I did.
0: I think Igerda wins a championship. I think it's horse shit that race right right. Control gets in there and takes that championship away from him. It, that dude rode so hard, so hard to get to where he was, and he wanted it so bad. And now what you're saying is— They passed four times
1: on the last lap. They literally passed know, three and four times. And Torres— Turn back up underneath him every time, which fair play to Torres. He did that. But at that point, he's ty- kind of taken the balance of his championship. Okay, let me ask you this. What do you think Torres' team is saying when they're watching all that? Like, dude, just take seconds. Just, just take it easy. Take it, just yeah, take take second, second. Take it easy. Win buddy. the championship. Like, win the championship for the second year. Like, that's what they were doing. And it's like, why take that extra risk? And then, and of course, race direction is going to get involved. And to me, I think, it, Garbage. I, for me, I'm the exact same way you are on this. Garbage. So anyways, Garbage. Go back and watch it. If you haven't watched it, go watch it, everybody. Let's talk some World Superbike because they were in Catalonia a couple of weeks ago. Um, we have three different race winners. Redding wins race one. Crazy race one in which Toprak actually uh, ends up um, breaking while leading in like a half-wet, half-dry race. So so he ends up uh, – Reading ends up winning race one over Bassani and Ronaldi. So we had a Ducati just sweep of that first race. We go to Super Bowl race. Ray wins over Rosgatiaglu, and Batista gets that Honda on the podium, which obviously we've seen now two weekends in a row after this last weekend. And then, and, and then in race number two on Sunday, uh, Rinaldi wins that race. So he had a really great weekend, Rinaldi did. Resgati ends up second. Looked like he was running out of tire heavily because Scott Redding was catching him. Johnny Ray ends up where did he end up in that second race? Fifth, Sorry, right? I think. Yeah. Fifth? Like fifth, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Back there. Championship has kind of gotten a little bit blown open, but what helped Johnny there was the fact that, you know, obviously Wisconsin ugly didn't finish uh, race number one. So the, the championship was kind of doing its thing. And, and you know when you did, did you watch all three races? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I watched all three. I thought, I thought all of them were really good in all of their own different kind of ways. Um, Reading is, reading when things are right, looks really good on that bike. Looks really good. And that race, that first race kind of came to him. He, he came from a long way back and passed a lot of guys to get to it. It was one of those half wet, half dry type of things where it's, you know, they had a downpour right before the start of the race and and so on. Um, race, uh, the Super Bowl race, Johnny just kind of did what Johnny does. He, he didn't get a very good start and got through everybody that first lap, which was pretty crazy. And um, he ends up, he ends up beating top rack. To to get that Super Bowl race. It's kind of a Super Bowl race has kind of been a Johnny thing this year. You know, he's I'm trying to look and see right now. He's won one, two, he's won, yeah, he's won a lot of Super Bowl races, Greg. I think he'd go pretty good at wearer races, don't you? Oh yeah. six lappers. Yeah, he'd probably be okay. Maybe he'll look into that after he's done. Um, but but then when you look at it, Ronaldi in race in race two on Sunday, just looked untouchable. And there are there are times when Ronaldi to me does look that way. You kind of know I've been a little critical of him over the past. Um, but but every now and then he just puts in these rides that just look like unreal. Whereas Gattioglu was actually, I feel a little bit lucky in that race, I, and I say that with like kind of all due respect because another lap, and he could have been overhauled by two or three guys. Uh, he had a pretty significant lead there for a while, and then it, the, the difference at the end was. I, I believe it was that race, wasn't it, Greg, where they all kind of started catching him at the end. Tire was going off pretty badly. Um, or was it Super Bowl? Could have been Super Bowl race, too. can't remember. Anyways, so long ago. Um, it was so
0: long ago because we just had more races. And you yeah. were there live. Yeah. So, I you know. I mean, no, but you're right, Jay, because Razgatlioglu ends up beating. And this We're talking about race two at Catalonia, the third race of the weekend, right? The, the yes. second full race. Reading misses out by a 10th. Bautista is only two tenths away from from him, and then eight tenths is Lacatelli. And then that was three seconds back to Ray as he faded. So yeah, you're right. Another lap or two. And Redding and Bautista might have overhauled the Lioglu and Locatelli was also right there in the midst. Right there.
1: Who's so, just been amazing to watch this year. You know, he's been mm-hmm. he's been so solid. And uh it was he was that way again this last weekend. And I think, you know, when you look at things there with him, um, I mean, going into next year, La is going to be a real contender for the championship, and you know, there's just so many great stories out of World Superbike right now. I mean, um, and like I said, I hate that we're kind of rushing through this a little bit, but no, let's, last, let's fast this, forward though, right to yeah, this last right weekend. To Jerez. Because- mm-hmm. This this weekend was a weird weekend. Um, Friday was Friday. I, I when you're here, Greg, and you're seeing it live, it's so much different than obviously just getting to to watch these races on TV. I can see the idiosyncrasies between the bikes a lot more. The ring road here is amazing in Jerez in Spain. Um, I could really get close to things and see kind of what talk rack does and see how things go. But temperature is such a key ingredient for some of these bikes because the Yamaha doesn't really seem to struggle when it gets hot. Like you never hear their riders speaking about that. And, uh, this weekend was no exception when the, when the cooler temperatures were out, the cowies look fast. Um, even when you look at pole position or look at qualifying on Saturday, top rack got pole over Alex Lowe's, um, and Johnny. But the problem was, is that it was a little bit cooler. Um, and then with the unfortunate things that happened on Saturday that transpired when we, um, in the, in the world 300 super sport race, um, I don't know how, you know, there ended up I being, mean, Vinales yeah, ends so, up passing so, away in the race. Dean brought yeah, up Dean. Vinales, passes away um, literally as the bikes were going to, the the sirens were going off in turn uh, for the five minute boards and things like that before siding lap started. I was standing on pit lane and a lot of the teams were going out to the grid with the generators and the, the warmers and all that. And then I saw them making about face when they got down there and walked back. And I thought, well, that's not good because we knew there was an incident in the World Supersport race, 300 race. And, um, and then, yeah, pretty much they just canceled the day at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so it was a bit somber. You know how those days are, GW. Um, really, really shitty. That, there's a lot of scrutiny going on right now in some of the younger categories. We've had three uh, fatalities this year, unfortunately. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of things looked at. You know, there's 45 riders or 43 riders on that grid, Greg. And there, there's just no separation in these classes. There's no separation. No,
0: it's, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Jay, which is there is a danger associated with trying to equal the playing field, you know, and not, you know, when you have all these bikes, every, every bike's got to be the same. I'm I'm not, I don't really understand why, you know, it's, it, you know, Ducati's had a legend has built a legend on the fact that they've had a bike that was faster. You know what I mean? Like in a straight line and all this kind of stuff. And to, to try to even the playing field to me is like everybody, everybody gets a trophy, every manufacturer, you know? So Kawasaki spends all this extra money to come up with this RR model and give them more RPM and blah, blah, blah. And all the series does just choke it down to where it was before they even built the bike. And you're just like, mm, okay. So, yeah,
1: yeah. And but, but, but when you
0: do, when you, when you do this, I, you know, somebody, I can't remember if it, I'm pretty sure it was Scott Redding had a comment about what happened. Um, you know, And then what has happened this year, which has just absolutely been horrific, all these young these young riders dying. But his point was World Supersport 300 is so close. It doesn't matter what the age of the people we're watching. 100%. It's still scary because there's so many people darting all around. It's like Moto3, only worse, you know, yeah, in well, terms the of
1: problem. Like, the problem is, Greg, is it is it, you know, remember when my dad did that legends race? Daytona yeah. remember they brought the legends back. So those guys would go out there on identical bikes and they'd race around and they'd get close together. I mean, Roger Riemann, who won the Daytona 200 an absolute legend died in a legends race because he literally clipped the back of somebody because the racing was so close and he fell in front of other people and, and passed away. And, the, the, and yeah, he was a little bit older this and this, that, but we're talking about a very uh, experienced guy at a fun race. And when you get, we want racing to be close. Um, I've heard the age thing get thrown into it. Um, there's, there's no easy answer to any of this. We want racing to be close. It's going to be fast. Motorsports are dangerous. I thought what Scott Redding said was, was pretty good. Um, because it's pretty accurate. Um, because if you get a bunch of 30 year old guys and anybody that's gone to the go kart track with all their friends will tell you that when carts are sit- the, the same speed, people start running into each other and, and spinning out. Well, now you got 40 bikes on a grid where they're all kind of the same speed. There is no separation. And so the problem that you end up having is when somebody goes down, um, it, guys, people are just splitting up everywhere. You got groups of people just splitting up. And um, Dean was on the back of the lead group, which was about 12 or 14 deep. And then the next group was about a second and a half behind. But when they came up over the crest of turn one, they couldn't see him. So of course the first two riders see him and miss him, but then everybody else gets exposed to this rider laying in the middle of the racetrack. And, and we've seen that before and it was devastating it, it was you know it was a somber in the pit saturday the guys came back and raced on sunday they had a great tribute to him prior to the race um had, well Jay, did, let me ask you this question tough. what's the yeah. most
0: dangerous what's the most dangerous time in, a, in any race
1: the starter right why because everybody's in a pack everybody's in a pack and you know when you go down into turn one um it it's some of these tracks it's ridiculous um because, but that's what I'm
0: saying. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter what what form of motorsports you're in, you know. Starts the are start, a little bit. Turn active. one, yeah. turn one, or turn two, or whatever. Whenever you pack people up, is is, it's always holding your breath. You know, it's right. always that danger time, and you know, it's sometimes you just need things to spread out. So, it's yeah. it's interesting that you know World Super Sport 300 exists. It, it's there for a reason. It's cost effective for a lot of people. It's designed to showcase young talent. I get it, but you know, enough's enough in terms of the amount of riders on the grid or, you know, let let KTMs run free, let Kawasaki, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to it. I know that it's bad, but I also know that the answer isn't stop racing. That's that's not the well, answer.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know if a grid size. Maybe they, they limit it a little bit because it is so close. It's just anyways. Yeah. But Anyway, you know, when, we, so. when, we watched, when we watched Race 1 of World Superbike that day, Johnny ended up leading it for most of the race. Um, in the middle part of the race, it looked like he tried to make a little bit of a surge to get away. And he just he just kind of couldn't. Um, hold on. Everybody just got home, G-Dub, just so you know. Okay. Um, hold on. You're going to hear her. What are you doing? You good? Huh? Yeah. I'm just... Um so basically in you know, as the race went on, oh wait, hold on, Gita. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, he tried to make a little bit of a runaway in the middle of the race, and he just it looked like he was gonna get away, and then Top Rack closed that gap up again, and then they kind of engaged, and then towards the end, Top Rack just had more pace. He ends up winning by one point three. It really didn't look that close. There were places on the track where Um, the Cowie was obviously better than the Yamaha, but the Yamaha was better in the first sector. Cowie was better in the second sector. Um, and he just couldn't, I couldn't just do something with him at the end of the race. Um, Redding ended up being third. He was kind of just there, but he wasn't really there. So it was just interesting to see kind of being there alive and seeing kind of what was going on. Um, Locatelli, Batista, Baz, they were all just kind of, they were all kind of close together, but there weren't really, there was no real engagement, you know?
0: Yeah, race two though was a little bit different. I mean, Razgatlioglu gets out there, and he he kind of checks out on everybody, and then all of a sudden, Redding just reels him in, and just couldn't do anything with him though, you know. And yeah. and Redding even said, "I was faster than him, but I couldn't do anything with him." And I think that's fair, you know, at the end of the race to say, you know, because Redding reeled Razgatlioglu in, but man, it, with with top rack, it's just he has so much control over the front end of the bike and so much confidence when he's under braking. It kind of doesn't matter, but the thing that impressed me the most, I would have to say, is you know, Ducati's never been a motorcycle that you would say it's the best turning motorcycle I've ever seen. Right? It's always yeah, kind of but needs when you more see track it live, and, more like. Here, oh my god, dude! Like, well, Redding was able to turn underneath top rack a couple times, and I was like, holy crikey. Yeah, like, that is a tight line, and that thing really turns well on those yeah. uh, on those Pirelli tires.
1: Yeah, no question. And I think that you know, we were when I was sitting there watching it and. Luckily, all the boys just got home, so I'm sitting no here. fine. With, Talk through it. Hey, I'm, I'm sitting here with uh with Alex. Don't and, don't and name Steve. You're, your you're boy disgusting. Steve English is here. Oh my God! Got, How do you walk with bloody feet like, here, like that? After and, I, and I got Rocky names. here now. Rocky's like the guy. Rocky's the man of all of them, but. Um, you know, one of the things that, that, you know, even Alex was talking about on the weekend was, you know, when it gets, when it gets hot, it changes everything. And you really saw that in the second race. Cause some of the guys that were even bass, he was a lot further back in race two than he was in race one. And talking to him, he said that, you know, the tire wasn't really underneath him from the start and it never got any better, but you just saw how hard Johnny was riding and how far back he was. He couldn't, he couldn't hang on to them. And, and there was a significant difference when the temperature goes up um some of the bikes really really struggle and so you know that's really what the what race two was about top rack didn't really struggle we've heard Redding talk about struggling when it gets hot as well um but he didn't really seem to struggle that much but he didn't really have anything for top rack at the end he tried everything to keep him behind him and just couldn't do it so you know but i think that when you look at it what is it 20 points now in the championship mm-hmm. and I, didn't, I haven't really looked at the weather this weekend, but I know they go to Argentina and Indonesia still. Um, but twenty points, I—I I mean, when was the last time Johnny Ray was twenty points back in anything in the last? Two yeah, years? this
0: late in the season. You know yeah, I mean? I mean, you know, beginning of the season, obviously when Bautista was on the Ducati. But you know, that's <clears throat> yeah, you're looking at that, thinking mm, when when do we change this conversation, Jason, about top rack being world champ because he's proven some stuff to me in full rain conditions, full wet. I mean, he was that was what was that Catalunya race one where he broke right yes yeah and
1: it and was half
0: what half was there cool. yeah i mean um, he was out on reins and stuff so i mean he's he's put everything together at this point and i think uh you know looking at top rack i think it's his to lose at this point because the yamaha's been strong everywhere yeah it really is
1: and and you know you can see that with guys like locatelli and stuff have come on since asson and you know he just rode super consistent rode really close to everybody there at jerez and I think this weekend, Portimao will be, it's kind of got to be the tipping point now. I feel like, like you know, Johnny's got to do something this weekend um, to try to, if he can get a bike to stop, that's yeah. the
0: whole thing. Right. If he, you know, that's just, it seems like the biggest thing that's going on with the Cowie right now, just from an outsider's perspective is the bike won't stop. So yeah.
1: no, it's exactly right. Trust me in that, in the household I'm in, for the last few days, that's something that's been brought up an awful lot, and you could see it. You, I mean, and when you're trackside, you can really see it when when you're sitting.
0: Well, there they have big scoops that are on the, you know, like you can see the scoop that they put on there to try to get air on the brakes and all kinds of stuff. So. Well,
1: like I was in turn, I guess it's turn six, turn seven, the end of the back straightaway there, and um, I actually asked Johnny about it because he went by Rinaldi and it didn't look. He, he he honestly told me he wasn't trying to do it, but he couldn't stop and Ronaldo was tipped in i don't know if they showed it on tv or not but ronaldi was tipped in and it was like he was a long way back and i thought like, he's not gonna slow down and he he was able to get up underneath Ronaldo there and but it was like super sketch it was but john even said he's like i wasn't planning on passing him. i just couldn't stop <laughs> so yeah and uh, obviously alex didn't ride the second race he rode the first race but his hand still a bit buggered up he got uh, you know cleaned is out is he gonna try is he
0: gonna try this weekend do you think not Alex,
1: you gonna, are you going to try to write this weekend? I He think He thinks so. Yeah. You think, you think so. <laughs> see, this is now we're getting it live. So yeah, no, he's he's going to try. It's the big he's,
0: scoop. The big scoop. You know, everybody's yeah. got to, all of a sudden. Greg's garage pod with I Coach can Jason watch. Pridmore is
1: going to make a comeback.
0: You hear him? He says, if oh. not, Jason." What do you mean making? making a, what do you mean a, making a comeback? comeback? He's already back. You, a co- did a you see a the comeback. Brainer test? Uh, a comeback. Didn't you see oh. the Brainer
1: test times? He's already back. He's back. Uh, right. Yeah. He never I'm left. I'm – I'm not even going to mention that because I'll get razzed to no end. Do you have your so leathers with you? Thing. Can no. you trade your leathers for a set of no. golf clubs? And I don't even think my right leg would fit in Alex's leathers anyways.
0: <laughs>
1: but, Flor- but Florian's here. He could ride it. He could do it. He could do it. Um. Anyways. So, yeah, I think that this weekend will be kind of a – it'll be interesting to see how it happens this weekend. Like I said, I haven't looked at the weather at all. Have Any- you guys looked at the weather? Anybody looked at the weather? No. No. Nobody gives a shit, Greg. Weather hasn't been looking. at. Yeah. All right. So well, Sunday you know, with with rain. what's that? Sunday. They're saying rain on Sunday. Is that are you are you serious? Yeah. I'm gonna race. <laughs> <laughs> Alex has a chance. Yeah, no, that's Alex, what you're saying. Alex is in. He's in. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. So
0: you're saying there's a chance. Better watch out, Baz. Man, I you know I think like if you read between the lines and some of the comments that Baz made over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, I think he, he the Ducati works better with softer it's, Pirelli tires. It's like for night and sure. day. It's night yeah.
1: and day. You, yeah. If yeah. you sit there and I went over to, I saw him after the first practice and he's had the biggest smile on his face.
0: Yeah. And the best part so was I, he says to me after
1: race I, one, he says, I didn't get smoked here as bad as I get smoked in motor America. Uh, That's what he says. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, because, because they're on Dunlops over there, Alex, in case you didn't know. I'm over here. Yeah. The, the
0: yeah. carcass is a lot stiffer it's
1: on a so Dunlop. It's definitely not harder. Well, then you should come over. I will.
0: Yeah, Alex Lewis wants
1: to ride Moto America. So, oh, I love it. Oh, call Steve Schiav. Oh yeah, Yeah, He wants to do a wild card at Laguna because he wants to play golf there.
0: That's fine. Yeah, we'll get it done. Yeah, Greg's gonna get it done for you.
1: No, we'll just put him on Gilbert's bike. It's Kawasaki. Yeah, right. I don't think it would matter. Stock thousands. Yeah. I tell him I want a... Uh, what do you want? I want to go on that bow and arrow as well. Yeah, he wants to go on that bow and arrow as well. He wants to be Robin Hood with you for the night. <laughs> what is he even hey, talking I'm about? Sitting-
0: does, does he does he follow me on the Instagram? He's more than... I'll teach him how to shoot a bow. No problem. He says,
1: he says do, you, do you... Well, everybody's going to just listen to this shit. But he, he says, do you follow him on Instagram? He says, he will teach <laughs> Oh, you I'm not cutting
0: any of this now. out of the podcast. No, this no, is all no, in. No
1: I'll keep yeah, on. I'll keep my eye on, him. An eye on you. It keeps an eye on you. keeps an eye on you. Look,
0: hmm. I'll tell Sorry.
1: you, I'll tell you what, though. All right. I'll tell you what you ain't going to be. You're not going to be English in golf either. Who, me? Yeah. Dude, I can't beat anybody in
0: golf. I know. Yeah, you suck. This is the thing about golf. I keep telling you, OK? This is the part that you don't understand. Mm-hmm. You go to golf you play 18 holes. You swing enough? the club.
1: It's tell Alex
0: to keep his mouth shut. All right. You, you swing the club like 70 times. Yeah. 68 times. 72 times. It's tiring. It's tiring. It's tiring. It's you swing the club. Yeah. Right. I swing the club 120 times. Do you understand how tired I am? Okay. I'll let him know. I'll let him know.
1: I'm glad right. we're at the end of this when these guys walked in. This is good.
0: Yeah. By the way, looking ahead to the calendar, there's like obviously World hours. Superbike. There's MotoGP in the United yes. States, BSBs in Donington Park, and there's some other stuff going on around the world. But you don't care because that's just how this podcast went. Don't forget, no, it's good. To Join it's our good. Yeah. Don't don't forget to join our fantasy league in MotoGP. You go to MotoG, fan, MotoGP slash Greg's Garage TV or something like that. Find us, get signed up. It's free. We're having a lot of fun with it. I am slipping slipping i'm down to like 13th in our league Uh, but i'm still ahead of chuck axlin and that that's all that matters i'm way back
1: i don't even i don't even look anymore i stink so bad oh yeah you're a back marker dude i'm bad i'm bad Mm -hmm. well i hope everybody enjoyed this i'm glad these
0: you know sorry about jason's echo but he literally is in a an entire house that's just concrete and wood there's nothing nothing alex is
1: so gutted he can't play golf he's in the golf mecca of the world here down in portugal and he can't play it's crushing. Can he get caddy for you, though. That'll give he him has. some exercise. He has been mm. caddy in the last few days for some people. So, That's
0: yeah. good. He caddied for
1: Johnny Ray, he catty for Johnny Ray <laughs>
0: yesterday. Yes, he did. He <laughs> did. Caddy for That's Johnny good. Ray That's, yesterday. That shows a lot of oh. respect. It That's is. very good. He has that. He does have somebody called gp1.com. They can do a story <sighs> about it.
1: That'd be great. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. They'd love that. <laughs> um, well, everybody, thanks so much right, for man. listening
0: to this podcast. Jason. Enjoy the rest of your time overseas. I look forward to having you back in the U.S. Be safe. Yep. Next tell week, Alex be a regular tell, time next week. <clears throat> tell Alex. I hope he heals up. And by the way, this is one thing that nobody talked about. Baz ends up going over there, by the way, with a very hurt wrist. I mean, after yeah. each podium, he had he was icing his wrist. So I know that he was not 100 percent either. So,
1: no, it'll be interesting to see how that goes this weekend as well. Yes.
0: All right. Well, you got to take us out, Jay, as you always do. See
1: everybody later.